0: Welcome, welcome. Glad to have all of you here at the Roads. My name is Chad. For those of you who don't know me, my wife and I, Dawn are the Pastors here, and just a privilege to hang out with you today. Happy Father's Day again. We've said it many times, but I personally want to say Happy Father's Day to all the dads in the room or those watching online. Thank you so much for everything you do to help us and impact our lives. Can we take a moment and just pray and thank the best Father of all. Just honor God. Father in heaven, we just thank you for being an example of what a father and a mother can be like. You're the best. Lord, I thank you that you're good. It's who you are. It's how you roll. I thank you, Lord, that I'm a son who's loved by you, and it's who I am. Holy Spirit, we just welcome you today. We invite you to come and speak to us and speak through us, that we will be impacted by the things that you have to say, I pray that you get all the credit and all the honor today and all the focus. It's in Jesus name we pray. Amen. Amen. Hey, today we're starting a new series called Holy Spirit the Difference. Make a difference maker. Sorry, what is the name of my title? It's a, a difference maker. So we want to talk about the Holy Spirit a difference maker. Get your sermon notes out. You can get on the YouVersion Bible app if you're watching online and you can get the sermon notes on there as well. Get out your Bibles. Let's open up to Genesis 41. Genesis 41, we're just happy about the Bible A difference maker, a difference maker I just want to celebrate real quick as you're turning to Genesis 41 All the dads and just honor them with an example You know how men are kind of like do-it-yourself people You know we're the, we're the kind of typical, stereotypical things for dads we're, we're throw the instructions away type of people sometimes Something you may not know about me, you may have That I, I cut my own hair and I have for like 18 years It's been a long time And you look at it you're like, I could tell I know <laughs> But yesterday, I, was, I worked myself in for an appointment And I, I just had said to my wife I'm like, I need to get some new clippers I've been using these for like, I don't know, maybe 12 years, 15 I can't remember how long I've had them And sometimes, the guard just not staying on as good as it used to But I thought, you know, I need to get some new ones. I'll, I'll do that So I'm cutting, and I got about a one and a half guard is what I normally use for those of you that are on my level with beautician skills. And so I'm using it, and I go across right here on the side, and I come back, and I go again, and I didn't realize that the guard had fallen off. And as I come across again, I'm like, whoa, that's a little close. So I had this strip across my head right here down to the skin. And so I thought, well, how am I going to fix that? And Don said, oh, I thought you saw that the guard fell off because she saw it and didn't bother to tell me. So that's why you see what you see here, a little close. I'm calling it my summer fade. I just had to do the best I could with what, I had to work with, so today we're going to talk about making a difference. We're going to talk about what it means to allow the Holy Spirit into your life, and I want to encourage you in this series, when I say a difference, when I'm going to define the word difference as something that makes two or more things, situations, or people not the same. You know like when you would look at something or maybe you experience a situation You just say this phrase like It's just not the same For some of you Father's Day's just not the same Because it's your first one Maybe without your dad Or maybe every year It reminds you of what it was like when they were here. It's just not the same. Or you get in a situation with another person that's not there. Maybe they're gone. Maybe they're away on vacation. Or maybe they're just not there with you. Like, it's just not the same without them. There's something, their, their presence is a difference maker. I was mowing my yard not too long ago, and my dad, he comes over and mows my yard. Every once in a while, just here, all of a sudden, he's out there mowing. I'm like, let the Lord lead you, Dad. Just Go ahead. <laughs> Do it. And so he's out there. So I get out on my mower, and I'm going to help him. You know, I don't want to just sit by the pool while he's mowing, waving. That might not be good. So I'm, I'm mowing, and I just get started, and the belt comes off my deck. So I go over to try and fix it. It's the second time it happened, and it's a big deal, you know, to get it off there. And when my dad, he went ahead and finished mowing, and he came to help me. And his presence, his hands... Was a difference maker in the situation He was able to help me where I had to lift on my own and pry and pull He was there to do certain parts So his presence made a difference And I want you to know that the Holy Spirit will make a difference in your life His presence makes a difference Now maybe you were raised like me and not a lot of talk about the Holy Spirit Wasn't taught much about the Holy Spirit You know we love the Father and we love Jesus Holy Spirit, uh, he's a little weird So I don't know how you were taught or how you weren't taught, but I encourage you to invite someone because in this series, we're going to do our best to explain him as a person. Do you know the Holy Spirit is God just like the Father and Jesus? We need to understand him as a person. I don't say him as a male, no more than God the Father is a male, their spirit, male and female, but I'm just saying him because it's how we reference them. But we need to understand the Holy Spirit as a person. It's a person. So when we're talking about Holy Spirit, I want you to understand the difference that the Holy Spirit's made in my life. And I titled this A Difference Maker, not THE Difference Maker, not because uh, lack of emphasis on Holy Spirit, it's because I did it specifically, I didn't want people who were, uh, had received the Holy Spirit in their life, been filled with the Holy Spirit, to think now that's all that matters, check, I got that, and now I can cruise. Because I was at a time in my life when I didn't know much about the Holy Spirit and other people that said they knew about the Holy Spirit, been filled with the Holy Spirit, I looked at them and thought, I'm a better Christian than you. So why do I need that? This is why we don't think and and understand events. This is so important in Christianity. Events don't define our relationship with Christ. Events don't define my salvation and events don't define my being filled with the Holy Spirit. Being filled with the Holy Spirit is not something I did years ago. It's something I do every day. My relationship with my wife is not based on what we did March 28, 1998. My relationship with her is based on what I do with her today. Too many times we mark events in our life. And I'm all for honoring events. I know when I gave my life to Christ, and I'm not uh, making little of that. But if that is all that I take, then I'm going to miss the next level of what God wants to do in my life. So the, the Holy Spirit's a difference maker. Let's look at it from this perspective. I want to give you three ways that the Holy Spirit can make a difference in your life today, and we'll talk about it more. Number one is position. The Holy Spirit will make a difference in your position. We'll talk about that, what that means. Holy Spirit will make a difference in your power. They're all three P's, so it's easy to remember. And number three, the Holy Spirit will make a difference in your patience. You may need any patience watching online. You're like, no, I'm good. I can't wait for this to get over. You need patience. You need point three. You need point three. All right, so let's look at the first one. The first P is position. Go to Genesis 41. We'll talk about Joseph, the story of Joseph. If you're not familiar with the story of Joseph, I'm, I encourage you to read it. Quick backdrop on the story Is Joseph was sold into slavery by his brothers Gotta love siblings Sold him into slavery He was bought by a guy named Potiphar Went to work for Potiphar Was a servant for Potiphar And he was so good He did the best in the position As a sold slave He still brought his A-game Core value Crossroads Bible Church We bring our A-game Excellence is a reflection of God I said Crossroads didn't I? Oh, thank you. Rewind that. A core value of the Rhodes Church, I've done it twice in one day. I haven't done it yet, and I've done it twice in one day. It must be the haircut. I probably shaved some, I shaved some of my brain cells off. I was a little tight. Be patient with me today. So core values of the Rhodes Church, one of them is we bring our A-game. Excellence is a reflection of God, not ourselves. So I encourage you, whatever position you're in, bring your best. Yes. Even if you're in a position you don't like, bring your best. Even if you're in a position you didn't deserve, bring your best. Even if in your, you're in a position you were abused and taken advantage of and not appreciated, bring your best. Yes. That's what Joseph did. He's sold as a slave and he brings his best in Potiphar's house. So Potiphar puts him over all of his house. No matter what position he's in, he go, he, the cream rises to the top. So then Potiphar's wife tries to make a move on him. He says no. Falsely accuses him, gets him thrown in prison. So now here Joseph is, he's in prison. So Joseph keeps bringing his A game. He doesn't pout. You know, if I'd have been falsely if I'd been sold by my brothers, falsely be accused by a woman and thrown into prison in a foreign country, I might have a moment of wanting to throw a pity party. And invite all my friends, me Mels, myself and I. We would all be there just celebrating our misery. But in that moment, I'm not saying Joseph didn't have thoughts. I think we would be missing the humanity of the moment if we thought Joseph never had the thoughts it's, it's too, too many times in our we look back at stories in the Bible and we think those people never walked the way we did They absolutely, I'm sure there's days in the, in the jail he was going around I didn't deserve this I didn't do anything wrong and here I said where are you at God you said my brothers were going to bow to me and here I am stuck in this jail I'm sure he had those thoughts but he kept bringing his A game in the midst of those thoughts it's not the absence of wrong thoughts that brings success it's what we do with those wrong thoughts. It's what do we, how do we counteract them and keep living our lives. So now, so he's in the prison, and, and this baker and this butler have these dreams. And he interprets these dreams. For the baker, he says, sorry, you're going to die. To the butler, he says, you're going to be restored to your position with Pharaoh. And when you get restored, holla at a brother, don't forget about me. That's what he said, verbatim. And so then he told him. Well, the butler does get restored. Two years goes by, he totally forgets about Joseph. Anybody had, ever had a situation where somebody forgot about you? You know, that you said, that, hey, I'll, I'll take care of you, and they totally forgot about it. That's what happened here. So Joseph's still in prison, and now verse 14, fast forward to this. Then Pharaoh sent and called Joseph, and they brought him quickly out of the dungeon. He's in the dungeon, not a happy place. And he shaved, probably a tight fade on the side, changed his clothing came to Pharaoh. I'm going to work my haircut into this message as much as I can. i was making me feel a little feel better about myself. <laughs> and Pharaoh, verse 15, And Pharaoh said to Joseph, I have had a dream and there is no one, everybody say no one. No. Everybody else say no one. No. <laughs> no one can interpret it. Nobody can do it. But I have heard it said of you, that you can understand a dream to interpret it. So Joseph answered Pharaoh saying, it is not in me. God will give Pharaoh an answer of peace. You know, sometimes when you get brought in positions, sometimes the positions you get brought into are bigger than you can handle. If if we put ourselves in the context of the situation, I'm a slave that's condemned to really stay here till I die, and now I get brought before the king, and he says, I want you to interpret my dream, there's a little bit of pressure on what if I can't. Sometimes God will bring us into situations that we can't handle. Maybe you've heard this. I want to clarify something. And I'm not trying to be a stickler on things. I just think, how many have heard this scripture? You don't have to raise your hand, but you've heard this said. You know the Bible says that God will never put anything on you you can't handle. I've heard it tons of times. You won't find it in your Bible. The scripture they're trying to use in reference, or their scripture they're referring to is 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13 most of the time. And the scripture reads, That God God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you're able. Be tempted. Now, your Bible also says that God tempts no man. So the temptation is not coming from God. The temptation is coming from the enemy. And he says, but with the temptation will also make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it. Here's what they say. God will never put anything on you. You're not able to bear. Well, what God is saying is, I'll never put you in a situation where the temptation will be greater than the way of escape. In other words, I will always give you a way out. When the enemy comes against you, I will always give you a way out of it that you will be able to hold up to and bear up under the convictions and the relationship that we have. But I believe wholeheartedly God will bring me into positions that, are, that I cannot handle because he wants me to remember it's about him and not about me. God is not bringing me into situations that I can handle. God is bringing me into situations that I can lean Great time to bust out the old hymn of leaning on the everlasting arms of Jesus. Leaning, lean. Come on now. So this is what we're talking about. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him and he'll direct your path. God's going to bring you just like Joseph into a situation that you can't handle. And in that moment, you've got to be able to say like Joseph did, the answer's not in me, the answer's in him. I don't know what you're facing today, but don't look at yourself. You sometimes just need to start leaning. Hey, God, I can't do it. He says, I know, lean on me. Come on, you got to do something. I just came slow. It's the haircut. So now we got to realize he brought him. So he tells, he tells Joseph the dream. He tells him what the dream is. Look at verse 24. And the, th- and the thin heads. <laughs> I didn't even need to preach that thing, did I? That's what I'm talking about. That's when you know a crowd's connecting with you. When you get it without saying it. Come on. That's the presence of God. The thin thin heads devoured the seven good heads. That's how we roll. We devour them thick heads. So I told... (laughs) Reel them back here. So I told this to the magicians... But there was no one. Everybody say no one. There was no one to explain it to me. It's what Pharaoh was saying. Then Joseph said to Pharaoh, the dreams of Pharaoh are one. God has shown Pharaoh what he is about to do. So Joseph goes and explains the dream. He said, yeah, the seven good cows are going to be seven good years then there's going to be seven lean years of famine and so this is what God's giving you a heads up for and the dream is repeated to you twice so we got to make sure and save up from the in the good years for the famine years now look at verse 33 this is awesome this is Joseph he says now therefore now therefore let pharaoh select a discerning and wise man with a nice shaved head and set him over the land of Egypt. Notice what happened. He, he gives the explanation, he explains the dream, and then he says, and then he says, "Oh, and Pharaoh, this is what I'd do if I was you. I would select a wise and discerning man and set him over all the land of Egypt. Do you know what? When the Holy Spirit is with you, he'll give you favor in situations? With bosses, employees, he'll give you answers that you can't figure out on your own. There was no one who knew what to do with the dream. There may be no one at your job that knows how to figure it out. But if you will pray, the Holy Spirit can tell you what to do. And all of a sudden, you can be like Joseph. You can start writing your own job description. Joseph said, here's what I'd do, Pharaoh. I'd put somebody, uh, I wouldn't put him over food distribution. I'd put him over all Egypt. That's what I'd do. And look what happens. Then let Pharaoh do this and let him appoint officers over the land to collect one-fifth of the produce. He's giving the plan right here. The seven plentiful years. Let them gather all the food of those good years that are coming. Store up the grain under the authority of Pharaoh. Let them keep food in the cities. That food will be as reserved for the seven years of famine that's coming on the land. And so the advice was good in the eyes of Pharaoh, in the eyes of all of his servants. And Pharaoh said to his servants, can we find such a one as this, a man in whom, check this out, is the the Spirit of God. What was the difference maker for Joseph? It wasn't that he was smarter than all the magicians. The difference was the Spirit of God on his life. This is why the Holy Spirit makes a difference, because he can give you insight into something that no one else can figure out. He can help you with that business deal. He can help you with that presentation. He can help you make that sale. He can help you reach those kids. He can help you find a better way to do your business so that all of a sudden you get elevated into a new position because the Spirit of God's on your life. We need to trust that God's going to bring us into positions. But here's what we've got to remember. It's so important. When God brings you into a new position, we've got to remember that that position is not for us. That position is for the kingdom influence that he wants to use us to bring around, bring about. See, if I was Joseph, I might be tempted that when I got promoted out of the dungeon and into the palace to remember my brothers that sold me out, remember that butler that forgot about me, that now that I'm over all the land of Egypt, somebody's going to pay. There's going to be some redemption up in here. Who's the man now? You could have that feeling. But Joseph remembered something that's very important. He remembered that the position was not about him. It was about the influence that God wanted to use to save Israel. So when God puts you in a position of influence, Don't forget who put you in that position and use that position for the influence of God. There's a kingdom purpose behind every position. Kingdom of purpose attached to every position. See, it wasn't long ago, your position could change. Just what, an hour ago, he was in the dungeon. And God's just wanting you to know that he can change your situation quickly if we'll listen to the Holy Spirit. Even if you get yourself in a bad situation. Maybe you're like me, I have gotten myself in some bad situations. Not every position I got into, God put me into. Some positions I put myself into. I made a choice. I made a wrong choice. I didn't obey. I did what I want to do, whatever. I just missed it. The semantics of it is not important. The fact is I was where I was. But if you will trust the Holy Spirit, even if you get yourself in a bad position, He will show you the way out. Just keep listening to God. He'll bring you out. And this is what he's wanting us to value in the power of position. The Holy Spirit make a difference in your position. Let's go to the next one, the next P. He makes a uh, difference in our power. Go over to Judges chapter 14. Judges 14. Now, this is the story of Samson. I'm like the anti-Samson, the antithesis of Samson. Samson didn't use a no-guard. Samson let the locks go he let them flow but how many of people have heard people say that Samson's strength was in his hair he even told Delilah that if I lose my hair my strength is gone it wasn't that his hair got shaved it's because he disobeyed God his strength came from the spirit of the Lord on his life the length of his hair was tied to his obedience the obedience is tied to relationship relationship is tied to presence presence is tied to power did you see how I connected that I'm not sure I can do it again so just watch it back But this is what God is saying. Too many times we get focused on what God asks us to do instead of on who asks us to do it. We get focused on the wrong end. So Samson's all worried about his hair. He should have been worried about obeying God. So here's what Samson did. So Samson went down to Timnah with his father and mother and came to the vineyards of Timnah. Now to his surprise, a young lion came roaring against him and the Spirit of the Lord, here it is, the Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon him, a difference maker. And he tore the lion apart as one would have torn apart a young goat. (laughs) Though he had nothing in his hands, but he did not tell his father or his mother what he'd done. (laughs) I won't think I would either. (laughs) He tore a lion apart as he would have torn apart a young goat. I don't know that I have a great frame of reference for this because I've never even torn apart a young goat. (laughs) It's not something I do on the regular. So when we see this, Samson tore apart a young lion He killed a lion But I think the emphasis is not on the comparison of the lion and the goat I think the emphasis is on the fact that he had nothing in his hands As I'm reading the story I believe that I see the Holy Spirit as a difference maker in our power That with the Holy Spirit in our lives I can do things that I could not do on my own He could tear a lion apart with his bare hands and not have anything in him. Why? Because the Spirit of the Lord came upon him and gave him power, gave him strength. So this is what I'm saying to you and I. The Holy Spirit in your life will give you strength and power to do things that you couldn't do on your own, to get through situations you couldn't get through on your own, to overcome problems you couldn't overcome on your own, to see things uh, destroyed in your life that are trying to destroy you. You need the power of the Holy Spirit. He makes a difference in our life. He gives us strength. The Bible says in Isaiah chapter 40, he says he gives strength to those that are weak. He gives power to the weak and to those who have no might. He increases strength, power and strength to do things that we couldn't do on our own. The spirit of the Lord in our life comes, Acts 1.8 says this, comes for power. Not power like show off power. I'm talking about power to make it through power. I'm talking about power to break addiction, power to overcome. He brings you power to do things you couldn't make, to overcome disappointment, to overcome discouragement, overcome loss. No one else could get through that, but somehow you get through that. Why? Because the power of the Holy Spirit's given you strength. We need the Holy Spirit because there's times you're not strong enough, and that enemy that comes around as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour... What did he do to the lion? He tore apart the lion with his bare hands. I believe when the enemy comes against you like a roaring lion, you can tear him apart with the power of the Holy Spirit. That's the second P, power, power, Wonderworking power. Now let's go to verse 19. Then the Spirit of the Lord came upon him again. Samson is an example of the power that comes with the Holy Spirit. And he went down to Ashkelon and killed 30 of their men. Now we're not killing men anymore. We're not killing 30 men, so what does that represent? The Spirit of the Lord comes on our life. It helps us when we're outnumbered. You're in a situation where you're overwhelmed. Things are coming against you in every way. 30 to 1 odds are not good. You might be in a situation in your life where the odds aren't good, but the power of the Holy Spirit can even the odds. When you're overwhelmed and surrounded by things, the power of the Holy Spirit, we need it, it makes a difference. It makes a difference. Go on to verse of uh, chapter fifteen, verse fourteen. Here's the third time that comes upon him. When he came to Lehi, the Philistines came shouting against him, then the Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon him, and the ropes that were on his arms became like flax that is burned with fire. And his bonds broke loose, or the real translation of that is melted loose from his hands. And he found a fresh jawbone of a donkey, reached out his hand, and took it and killed a thousand men with it. Look what happens when the presence of the Lord came on him. In this instance, he was bound by ropes. He'd been taken prisoner by Israel, and they were going to turn him over to the Philistines. So he's bound by these ropes. But when the Spirit of the Lord came on him, the Bible says there that those ropes literally melted. What was holding him captive when the presence of God came on his life melted. It couldn't hold him captive anymore. It couldn't hold him in bondage anymore. I don't know what our enemies are in your life, in my life sometimes, but we need to know that the power of the Holy Spirit will help us break free from the enemies that's trying to hold us back. Look what it says in Deuteronomy chapter 9, verse 3. It says, Therefore, understand today that the Lord your God is he who goes over before you as a consuming fire. He will destroy them and bring them down before you. So you shall drive them out and destroy them quickly, as the Lord has said to you. The Lord our God is a consuming fire. Anybody ever heard about the fire of the Holy Spirit? You have some people that hear talk about the Holy Spirit. They, we get this King James versus New King James, like Holy Ghost versus Holy Spirit. Some people think that Holy Ghost is more spiritual than Holy Spirit. It's just a translation. It's both of the same Greek word, pneuma. just means breath of God or presence of God. So when we realize that the fire of the Holy Ghost, sometimes you got to say it like that. A more, the Holy Ghost. The fire of the Holy Spirit in our life, the reason it comes in is to drive out our enemies. The Bible says this in Matthew chapter 3, that John said, I baptize you with water unto repentance. That's great. But there's one coming after me, Jesus. And he's going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. What is the fire for? The fire is to help break all addictions, all hindrances, everything that's holding you captive and binding you up in your life and keeping you from walking in the freedom that Jesus died to give you, that is the Holy Spirit and fire. Break all their chains. Burn and melt them like wax. This is the power of the Holy Spirit. This is what... We find it helps. The Holy Spirit makes a difference in our power. Lastly, go to 1 Samuel chapter 16. The Holy Spirit helps us with our patience. Does anybody need patience in your life? Holy Spirit's going to help you with your patience. I'm going to read in verse 11. And Samuel said to Jesse, are all the young men here? Then Jesse, this is his dad. He said, there remains yet the youngest, and there he is keeping the sheep. And Samuel said to Jesse, send and bring him here, for we will not sit down till he comes here. So he sent and brought him in. Now he was a ruddy. He was ruddy with bright eyes, good looking, nice fade on his haircut. And the Lord said, That's the third time I've worked that in. It's going good so far. Arise, arise. Listen to this important part. Arise and anoint him, for this is the one. Right in the midst of his brothers. What set him apart from his brothers? Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brothers and the Spirit of the Lord. Watch this. The Spirit of the Lord came upon David. The Spirit of the Lord came upon David. The Spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. From that day forward the Spirit of the Lord came upon him. From that day forward the Spirit of the Lord came upon him. Patience. 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 What does this mean? As I began to meditate here's what I felt like God was saying to me. The Spirit of the Lord came upon him from that day forward, but if you'll look down in verse 19, when Saul called him to come and play an instrument for him, verse 19, it says, Send me your son David, who is with the sheep. Wait a minute. Here's David. He's in the midst of his brothers, and he's anointed with oil as the king of Israel, the next king. I'm anointed as king. Samuel walks away. Jesse says, All right. All right. Get back to the sheep. Hey, Dad, shouldn't you call me King David? (laughs) Didn't you hear Samuel? I'm not doing any of that sheep thing anymore. I'm a little above that. Okay? I'll have servants for that someday. What I think the Spirit of the Lord from that day forward speaks to me speaks to me of the process. Of walking out a life of Christianity. That sometimes it's good to be excited when we're anointed. We'd heard from God and He tells us something, we hear a promise from God. But how about in the journey that it talk that we have to walk through to fulfill that promise? To see it come to back. See, sometimes we have to after God speak to us, we have to go back and live with the sheep some more. You ever heard a word from God had God speak to them you felt God spoke to you through a message through the, reading your bible or through a prophetic word from someone and then you had to turn around and go right back to your sheep yeah. Yeah. Nothing had changed yeah. Nothing was any different It's still the same No circumstance have changed That's a great word that's good My sheep still stink yeah. I'm supposed to be king I'm sitting here got to look after the sheep Every day, nothing, nothing, nothing. The Holy Spirit will make a difference in our patience because patience is this. Patience is not just waiting. Patience is staying constantly, consistently the same through adversity and opposition. Here's what the Holy Spirit will make a difference on. The Holy Spirit will make a difference on when you first hear the word and what you do to navigate until you actually see it come to pass. It's easy to get excited about what God tells you in a moment It's a whole different deal To hang tight to what God said All the way through everything that says It won't happen, it's not going to happen It's actually getting worse When you're seeing all of that We need the Holy Spirit in our life To help us remember what God told us And that he's faithful Look at it, it says this way in Hebrews chapter 6 And we desire that each one of you Show the same diligence Listen to this, it's so important that you show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope until the... Let's try it again. That each one of you show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope until the service is over. Show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope until you get out of church. The same diligence of hope until the end. When is the end? The end is when you see what God told you When you see what God promised when, you, when you're experiencing what he said But look how we do it, verse 12 And that you do not become sluggish or lazy But imitate those Who through faith and patience Inherit the promises Check this out There's two qualifiers on how we inherit the promises of God Through two ways Number one, through faith What does faith mean? We've got to believe what God says Without faith, it's impossible to please God. We're saved by grace through faith. You can't even get born again without faith. Yeah, you receive it through faith. You believe it. So now, now now faith is, now faith is, I hear a word from God. God tells me something, He speaks something to me. But patience is I carry. Yeah, come, on. come on, football players. I take the word. Faith is, I receive the word. Patience is, I tuck that word in my arm. And while I run my life, my race of my life, no one's gonna get me to fumble what God put in my heart. You're not gonna be able to pull this out, enemy. Doesn't matter what you tell me. Doubt, fear, insecurities, anxiety, hurts, disappointments. I'm not gonna fumble what God said. This is patience. Patience is not sitting around. Well, I sure hope it comes. Sure hope it comes. No, patience is I got this, and I'm going to keep running until I score, and then I'm going to. Uh, you thought I was going to slam the Bible? Come on. But patience, you tuck that promise in, and you say, Nah, you're not getting me today. Mm-mm Uh uh-uh oh I hear this is what's going to happen here look around look around listen to this listen to this this is what's really happening Uh uh-uh devil you're not getting me today through patience I'm going to inherit the promises I'm not fumbling the promises I'm not letting go of the promises I'm still here the Holy Spirit is who we need for that kind of patience because I can't do it on my own with that kind of patience because my thoughts will wreck me my thoughts work me over I'll be getting scared I'll be getting intimidated. I'll be getting thinking it's not going to happen. My thoughts will run me over. But when my thoughts are running me over, I call on the Holy Spirit. And I need the Holy Spirit in my life. So I, help, I ask the Holy Spirit to help me take thoughts captive. And this is where we'll talk about the value of being able to pray in the Holy Spirit. It overrides my mind. Paul said this. Everybody love Paul, Apostle Paul. He said, I pray with understanding, known, what I can understand and I pray in the spirit why do I need both I need both sometimes because my thoughts get jacked they get hijacked by fear my thoughts get hijacked by insecurities my thoughts get hijacked from what I don't understand my thoughts patience keeps it so three ways that the Holy Spirit makes a difference in our life number one your position He will put you in positions that you could never get in on your own. You need the Holy Spirit in your life. You want a better job? It's not about the money. It's not like, well, can I, I want the Holy Spirit in my life so I can get a higher pay. pay. (laughs) We, we We get things in the wrong order. God will put me into positions for influence. And with that influence might be increased pay. But God's not so much concerned about that. He's going to supply all of your needs. But he says what's going to happen, that's going to be a byproduct of increased influence for kingdom things is you're also going to have increased resources into your life. God's not afraid of you getting promotion to get more money. He's excited with that. The problem is is when you take the promotion more money and you act like that was the prize. And you embrace that prize, you're like, oh, sweet, I got it right. Yes. So now we can do this, we can do this, we can do this. And God's like, whoa, 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 how come I never see you anymore? Well, how, how come how come we aren't as tight as we used to be when you couldn't pay the bills and you were praying to me every day? You were begging me to supply all your needs. You were quoting that scripture every day, but now you've got a bunch of surplus and I don't hear from you no more. we got to remember why it puts us in those positions. Number two, the power. We need the strength to do things we couldn't do on our own. Number three, we need patience so we don't fumble the promise of God.